Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and Ron Martin, unfortunately, is out this week. Ron, we miss you, but we're here with a lot of different leaders from the city of Durango, and we're discussing different aspects of the ministries that we're all involved in and exciting things that are happening in this city. And so we're going to just have a little open discussion this morning. Why don't we just get started by talking a little bit about what God is doing in our different lives and ministries. Okay, my name is Jean Seaman, and I work with the National Day of Prayer. And it is every year on the first Thursday of every month. And we try to encourage all churches to come together to pray for our nation, as probably it doesn't take much um, to know that our nation needs a lot of prayer. And it is a foundational truth in our in America. It has started under God. And the National Day of Prayer has been a part of our culture for years. That's exciting. So when did the National Day of Prayer start? And it actually started by uh, Bill Bride, if anyone knows anything. Back, his wife started it. So oh. it's been going for about 25 years, I would say. And now uh, James Dobson's wife is the head of it. Uh-huh. This year, there are two events that are happening with this. The Kiwanis Club is having a breakfast. And then we always have a prayer around the flagpole. Great things happen when we pray together. And it's exciting mm-hmm. to see how we can see different people from different denominations and different churches coming together to pray for this country and for God to work in our country. That's exciting. And this year we have representation from the Catholic Church, which is the first time in Durango, and they're going to ring their bells at noon. And I think the Episcopal Church is going to ring the bells. And This is a celebration that we can pray, and we're praying for our nation. How can people join? Just show up. <laughs> and support because this is our uh, right to convene for prayer and we need people to support it. It's going to be at the flagpole at noon on May 5th at the county courthouse. Okay. So the flagpole in front of the county courthouse, May 5th at noon. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll see you guys there. Raymond, why don't you tell us what's been going on in your church and ministry? Uh, my name is Raymond Mestis. I pastor uh, Calvary International Church. Uh, It's a multicultural church. We have uh, many cultures that come to the church. And so together we worship and we praise the Lord. We're located on College Drive and Fifth Avenue. Uh, Our services are Sunday mornings at 10, uh, Wednesdays at 6, uh, which is a Bible study. And we discuss sometimes round table discussions. We have just a Bible study out of one particular book, one Bible character, um, multiple uh, types of Bible studies. We also pray, and we do that on Tuesdays at 6. We pray for our nation, our president, students at the college. We pray for the different churches in Durango, pastors. We pray for the people that are sick. The most amazing thing, I think, with our church has been that everything that we seem to pray for, we see the answer. And so we just love the presence of God. We see people accepting who Jesus Christ is and what he has done on a weekly basis. We've seen people who have been addicted to meth, to alcohol, to a variety of drugs, to pornography, to a variety of vices or habits, their lives completely changed. I've seen entire families come to know who Jesus Christ is 
all because they see one person get changed by the power of God. And so if we give God a chance, an opportunity in our lives, we see that he will do exactly what he has promised to do. And that is to give us a new joy, a new peace. He gives us a, a whole different attitude. And it's all because we've learned how to die to who we were. And we allow him to live in us. And so a person, when they are born again, their lives will never be the same again. Amen. Because Jesus is the one who does it. You guys reach out to a lot of the Hispanic community here in Durango as well. Why don't you tell them, maybe in Spanish, a little bit about what you do in case we have any Hispanic listeners? Nosotros tenemos una iglesia donde todos están invitados a venir y sabemos que Dios puede hacer grandes cosas. Dios es todopoderoso en todo y si necesita un cambio en tu vida, Dios lo puede hacer. Si estás buscando algo que es real, algo que Uh, tú deseas, uh, el Espíritu de Dios te ha estado hablando. Yo sé que Dios uh, puede hacer lo que tú has pedido. Nomás tienes que someter tu vida a Él y Él hace lo demás. Y también uh, uh, lo invito a que venga. Y es a las 10 en la mañana, los domingos, uh, los miércoles a las 6. Y yo sé que Dios lo va, uh, se va a juntar con usted. Tan cerquita como usted quiere acercarse a él. We also have Navajos, Hopis, Southern Utes, Mountain Utes that come to the church. And so it's variety of cultures. One of the things that's uh, always good is uh, when we have a potluck, the varieties of foods. We have foods that come from uh, Chiapas in Mexico to uh, foods that come from uh, Cancun, you know, as well as the Southwest here in the United States uh, and California. And it's just good food. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Well, Kevin, you're, you're kind of doing something exciting and new in this community, and we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, my name is uh, Kevin Dolby, and I've been a youth minister, director, pastor, leader, whatever you want to call it, for uh, the last 15 or 16 years. And I know that I, I share the sentiments with a lot of, a lot of youth ministers it can be frustrating when you see kids coming through your, your youth group week after week, year after year, and you see the ones that are doing well. You see the ones that make it and, and uh, they go far and, you know, maybe they get married and they, they're the Christian family with their kids. And, but just as many of those as you see, you see the other side of things. And, and for 15 years, I've seen the same kid come through again and again and again. And obviously it's not the same actual kid, but it's the kid who just, just doesn't make it. You know, you, you share the gospel with them, you speak into their heart, and uh, you see something happen, but then they get caught up in, in the life that has been presented to them by their family, by their circumstances. Maybe they come from a home that's broken. Maybe they come from a home where the mom and the dad aren't together anymore. Or maybe there's drug abuse in the home. Or maybe there's abuse in the home, physical and uh, verbal and mental abuse. These kids are set up against odds that are stacked against them. A statistic that I just realized in the last couple of weeks is that one out of every five kids in any given community will not make it to productive adulthood. I mean, it's a huge statistic. It's 20%. We talk about leading them to Christ. Obviously, we want to lead them to Christ. But 
But man, you know, this is this is a, a, a big thing just for the community in and of itself is that we're talking about one out of every five kids in this community in Durango will not make it. And so we're talking about kids who won't be productive parts of society, kids who won't be part of churches, kids who won't have jobs, kids that'll move out of this community, kids that'll die, kids that'll commit suicide, kids that'll end up repeating the cycle of violence in their home. My team and I begin to look at this statistic and what we're doing in this community. And the churches are doing a fabulous job and youth groups are, are thriving in the community and and there's lots of youth advocacy programs, you know, La Plata County Youth Services and just all the different things that are here. But one thing that is missing and that it, that is an in-between sort of uh, house between the corrections department and the environment that these kids are living in. You know, when a kid offends, when a kid breaks the law, you know, they get caught with drugs or they're violent crime or whatever, uh, there's one place for them here in Durango, and that's Denier. Uh, and Denier's doing a great job. I mean, they, they're overtasked, they're understaffed. But they get these kids and they do their best to try to rehabilitate them. But when their time is done, pretrial services and probation department and all these different people that, that decide where these kids go, they have no choice but to send most of these kids home. If the home is too violent, obviously they send them to foster care. But for the most of these kids, they get sent uh, to the place where the problem began. And so just recently I saw a, a report from the state of Colorado, 36% of these kids reoffend and go back to Denier. That's an overwhelming statistic. So what we've decided to do is we've started a program or a ministry or a, a corporation or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we call it at home because when somebody asks one of these kids, hey, where are you living now? We want them to just simply be able to say, I live at home. Mm-hmm. And the vision for this program is to have a loving mother and father in a structured, disciplined environment, uh, which is what most of these kids don't have. Most of these kids will never have. And so we want to provide that for them. So our vision is to uh, purchase a, a piece of land. It's 45 acres. It's got a seven-bedroom house. It's got the ability to build another seven-bedroom house. It's got three or four other outbuildings. What we want to do is purchase this land, get it up to code, and be able to move 24 students onto this property right away, pull these kids out of the element. We've partnered with the city, pretrial services and probation. I've already mentioned these departments. They are waiting for us to be up and running so that they can take these kids from Denier, take these kids from the, the, the problems that they have and be able to place them in this loving, structured environment. So we're super, super excited about it. Everything that I do, everything that I've ever done in ministry, if you don't lay the seeds of reproduction, you're really, really cutting yourself off at the root. So what we've decided to do is that in the beginning of this program, with this 45 acres, is we're, we're going to use the buildings that are on it to start a training facility to be able to take all the paperwork, all the procedures and policies and manuals and all the things that we're doing, all the work that we're doing on the front side, and be able to bring in a loving mother and father and another team of people from another community and say, here, live with us for a month on this property, take all the work that we've done, put it in your own practice and take it to your community like Cortez or Mancus or Farmington or wherever and reproduce what we're doing here in Durango. That way we will be a part of the solution in these other communities rather than just complaining about the problem that perpetuates year after year after year. We're running after it hard, Nate. We're excited about it. I've got a team of 11 people. In the last two weeks, we've incorporated. We've got our tax ID number. We've got our bylaws done. We've got someone working on our policies and procedures. These guys are excited about what we're doing. And I just really, really pray that God, we just begin to bless it. Obviously, finances are a big deal. But I believe, like I know you do, 
That $2.5 million is nothing to God. And so we're just believing that he's going to provide that. And uh, we'll be up and running, hopefully by August or September, and we will see lives transformed. That is awesome, Kevin. I work with college students, and so a lot of times I see those same students that maybe aren't going down a real destructive path, Mm -hmm. um, but they're coming out of the same situations, broken families and substance abuse and broken relationships. And oftentimes I see students walking out of the union building, and it's one sad face after another. It's just one sad face, and there's so much emptiness and so much longing and most of these students don't feel like they have a single true friend in the world. Most of them don't feel like they're accepted by anyone. And to hear about a ministry like yours that's willing to accept anyone, mm-hmm. and that's willing to love anyone, regardless of where they may have failed, is exciting. And that's exactly what Jesus has done with each one of us, right? Yep. Regardless of our failures and our past, he accepts us and adopts <coughs> us into his family. So this is about as exciting a thing as I've ever heard. Well, when we talk about college students, I, I want to let you know that when we get up and running, the need is going to be great. main part of our vision is that we want to utilize community to see these kids really understand who they're created to be. And so when we say through community, there's going to be opportunity for college students to come and work the organic garden and work on cars with kids and and help them become uh, the people that that we know that they're called to be. There's going to be tons of opportunity to train college students to come and work and be a part of what God is going to be doing on this property. So be listening and be excited about the future because there may be an opportunity for you to get outside of your comfort zone and come and be a part of what we're doing up on the ranch. That's exciting. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR right here in Durango, 91.9 FM and 93.9 FM. Again, this is The God Solution. Jerry, you have a passion for the orphan, and you've been doing River Run for Orphans. It's something that you began here in Durango, and it's kind of spreading all over. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, I was a school teacher and a, a coach for 27 years, and, and then God gave me this opportunity to... Uh, create events that would bring communities together to serve orphans. Back in 2008, we had our first one in Durango. I, I camped up on the roof of walking chiropractic for a couple nights, and uh, we raised $10,000 for orphans. And then we came back the second year, and we raised twenty-three, and, and more people showed up, and there was some more energy. And this last year, uh, last September, uh, we had a huge uh, gathering of people from Durango up at Fort Lewis College, a uh, great site. And we raised $51,000 for orphans. Wow. And that money went to starting a vocational school at an orphanage in Uganda. It bought soccer balls, chickens, and goats for an orphanage. Provided clothing, health care, teachers' salaries, you name it. And places all over the world and places locally. Mm-hmm. In fact, from the money from River Run for Orphans, one couple was adopting two girls from Ukraine. And both those girls had Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, a church in Ignacio got behind and supported that family. So the next event in Durango will be on September 17th, right at the clock tower area. So come on out, students. But it's also grown nationally. I see that what is happening in Durango can happen around the country. And so far, this year we have five events. I'll be in Fort Collins on May 7th for an event. Grand Junction, June 18th. Durango, September 17th. October 1st in Colorado Springs, and then October 15th in Farmington. And I'm waiting to hear this weekend on a possible event in Pueblo, and I'm going to be meeting with some uh, church leaders in Cortez next week about them having an event. And then in 2012, Rock Island, Illinois, 
Phoenix, uh, Midland, Texas, Kansas City, Jackson, Wyoming, and possibilities of Lubbock, Texas, and uh, maybe a Tucson and Albuquerque event. Also, wow. Santa Fe will be on next year, too. Wow. So this is growing, and I, I can see where every city in America could have a River Run for Orphans. And the goal is to bring the community together, whether it's churches, schools, or community groups. And what's special about this event is that every group gets to decide where to send the money that they raise. So First Baptist could send their money to Nicaragua, Methodists could send it to Kenya, Mrs. Jones' fifth grade class could buy soccer balls and milk goats mm-hmm. for an orphanage, um, the Kiwanis could get involved. Um, so everybody gets to decide. Normally you come to a, a fundraiser and money goes to one organization, but here at River Run for Orphans, every group gets to decide. And so they get to invest in things that they're passionate about. And, um, and we also have orphans in this town, and, and I see the orphans in this town as the homeless, uh, women and children that are uh, in safe houses because of domestic violence, and I see the people that are in prison and jail as our, as our orphans in this town. And so, yes, we can help in Kenya and Uganda or the Philippines, but we also can help here in Durango. I'm excited about all you're doing, and it's been exciting to see it growing year by year. Jaken, you have kind of an interesting story about what brought you here. We've been talking a little bit about how Durango is reaching out to the world, but tell us a little bit about how you, from the far parts of the world, came to Durango. My wife and I have worked in Afghanistan for the last five years. We're part of an organization called Youth with a Mission. We basically have been part of that for 11 years, and we went all around the world and, and basically helped out, served. We did aid work, and, and then basically a large part of our ministry is to share Jesus with people that haven't heard about Jesus ever before. So Youth with a Mission uh, worldwide is about 20,000 people. We have works going on on every continent of the earth. We basically have come back to Durango this year basically to go ahead and uh, start a, a Youth with a Mission training center here in Durango that would be an answer to places like Libya, places like Afghanistan, but the places in the world where nobody else wants to go that are more dangerous. Uh, I lived over there with my three kids and my wife, and, and we, we had uh, a large group with us. And we just we, we were Jesus to people. We, we, we went out on the streets and we helped people. My wife did midwifery. We did a lot of things in the community. Ultimately, the goal of everything that we do is to see people come to know Jesus. In that, we, we basically will train Christians or, or people like myself. When I, when I joined Youth with a Mission, I, I came off of a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol and abuse. And, and so when I came to know Jesus, about three months later, I, I joined Youth with a Mission. And it's people like that that sometimes join Youth with a Mission, that people that are just trying to find their place in life, but people that are young. You know, so that, that's kind of my story, but we want to help people like that see that they can be an answer to problems in the world. So our heart for training people here in Durango is that they can be an answer, not only in Durango, but working with every different part of the community here, but being an answer to problems overseas. In a lot of these areas of the world that we talked about, it's the most horrific pl- places in the world that you can live or work and so the place that we worked at before had the highest in infant maternal mortality rate in the world. And so we want to be an answer not only in those places, but an answer in Durango. It is starting here in Durango, Youth with a Mission, a lot of times we provide the people that can serve. 
And so we, we usually have a lot of people that join with us. And so we want Christians to be able to come here and be a practical service to the community of Durango, but also a service to the rest of the world and see lives changed, but also see nations transformed through long-term working with those countries in the Middle East and in Afghanistan, Southeast Asia that are really hurting. Thanks, Jacob. Most of you guys know that I'm on staff with Master Plan Ministries up at Fort Lewis College, and my passion is seeing college students come to realize what they are created for and coming into a relationship with God and living out the purpose that they are created to live for. And my boss, the president of Master Plan Ministries, is here with us today. Well, my name is Russ Akins. I actually was born in Durango many years ago and grew up in this town. My big issue in Durango, Durango High School, was playing sports. And then I went on to Colorado State University to study forestry and wildlife biology. But when I left Durango, even though I was raised in a, what you would say, a good church, talked about Jesus, God, and the Bible, things like that, I left confused. I wasn't sure God even existed. I wasn't sure the Bible was even true. And when I got to college... I lived in the dorms. I was surrounded by people who thought alcohol was the answer to life or education was the answer. So I remember just sitting there wondering, what is the answer? I was also heavily involved in the track team. Uh, I was a pole vaulter and a low hurdle person. And that's what I lived for, two hours every day to work out and every weekend to be somewhere doing track. But one day I met a guy and he wanted to know if I was a Christian. (laughs) <laughs> on the track team. And I said, well, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. But anyways, uh, he wanted to invite me to a Bible study there on campus. And I said, I'm sorry, but I just don't do those kind of things anymore. I tried that, and it just doesn't work. No, I'm not interested. Well, this guy would show up to my dorm room every Tuesday night and ask me if I wanted to go to this Bible study. I'd say, Clint, remember I told you I'm not interested in this? But the fourth time he came, and in the meantime, I would just get more confused. It was like there was a raging anger and confusion and frustration inside of me that I could not stop unless I went and ran track. When I ran track, the confusion left me. But as soon as I was through running track, it came right back into me. It was like low-grade war going on because I was so confused. I came out of my language. I was a pretty rough guy in those days. Anyway, I said, okay, Clint, I will go one time, and that's it. All right? So I go to this one time, and I met all these college kids. There were about 12 students there in this room. And I was very shy, sat in the furthest corner. I figured they could see right through me and see what kind of guy I was. But, you know, they had something that stood out. In the Bible, there's a verse that actually says, There are people who actually have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. They didn't say they had these things, but I could observe that they had those things coming out of their life. And I wanted it so badly. I I thought, if I could just have love, joy, and peace, that's good enough for me. I I don't need all the others, maybe. But anyways, uh, as I got to know these students on campus, they... uh, they shared with me uh, four points. They had a, a little booklet that was called The Four Spiritual Laws. It was all about four points on how a person come into a personal, I mean, not just a religious experience, but a personal experience with Jesus himself. 
And, you know, I'd sit there, no, I don't think that's possible <laughs> for me. But, you know, in the next two weeks, I thought about it. You know, I realized my roommate, who was so much into alcohol, had no answers. My professors had no answers with all their education. You know, I had no answers. And uh, anyways, I remember after chemistry class one day, I came home and I said, I just have to find out. Would Jesus Christ really come into my life like he said he would? So I prayed a simple prayer, just simply asking Jesus to come in and forgive me for the life I'd lived and take over and make himself real to me. This war that was going on in my life, two or three days later, there was no war anymore inside. It began to be replaced by peace, something I hadn't experienced only except when I ran track. That was just because my circumstances had changed. But I have experienced that kind of love and peace and direction in my life for the last 38 years now. And it continues to be strong. So it's, it's been a great thing. If anybody's interested in knowing Christ on a personal basis, I'd really encourage you to talk to a Christian who knows what he's talking about and can explain what we call the gospel. It's all about who Jesus is. It's interesting to me that I had to go to a secular college Secular University to find out how great this person Jesus really was. And I found it out through a bunch of college students who'd just gotten into the Bible and had really found something that, that made sense. And you know, the other thing that makes sense to me is the thing that's changed in my life over the years is more of a caring about people, more of a love for people, more caring about people's needs. And you know, this morning it's just been interesting listening to the variety of people share about how they're helping in the community, how they're multiplying across the world or in the state of Colorado because of things that Jesus Christ has changed in their life. What I've shared about my life is where it all starts. This is the fundamental start of changing us on the inside so we can help people and we can be a, a very positive influence on the outside. So anyways, uh, it's been great sharing. I'm glad I'm here back in Durango and uh, we just hope that as we go on that we will be the best possible solution we can be to encourage and develop other people. Wow, thanks so much for sharing. Well, as we bring this episode of The God Solution to a close, I wanted to say happy birthday to my amazing wife. It's her birthday this week. Thank you, Aaron, for being the greatest woman I've ever known. And happy birthday, Mom, as well. Both your birthdays are coming up this week. I wanted to say that if you are enjoying this show... And if you think that it's exciting hearing a positive message on the airwaves of Durango, I want to encourage you to consider making a donation to KDUR. KDUR is a listener-supported radio station, and there is definitely a need for support this time of year. I would encourage you to make a donation and be a part of this spring fundraiser. So while you're thinking about it right now, go ahead and call the station, call KDUR, if you'd like to become a part of what they're doing, and a part of this show. And before we close, though, I wanted to ask Raymond to tell us how people could join his church for church this Sunday. If you've really been liking what you hear and you're excited about the different things that are going on in the city and would like to check out a church today, I would encourage you to check out Calvary International. Raymond, tell us a little bit more about how people could find you this morning. Like I said earlier, we're on College Drive and Fifth Avenue. Our church has a real nice blue roof. You can see it for a long ways. We start service at 10 o'clock in the morning. 
But I know that you will have a good time in the Lord. And I know that if you give God a chance, He will do great and awesome things in your life. Because He loves us, He cares about us, and we're not interested in you coming in a suit or a tie or whatever. You come just as you are. We will welcome you uh, with open arms because our desire is to see this community be a community that wants to serve God. And our desire is to see people uh, live a, a whole, fruitful, joyful, peaceful life. And so I just want to say that God loves you. And we love you also. Thanks, Raymond. Once again, I would encourage you to call in to the station this morning and make a pledge for the spring fundraiser. Well, if you'd like to leave us comments or have questions you'd like to discuss, please check out eternityimpact.blogspot.com. Again, that is eternityimpact.blogspot.com. Thanks so much for listening to The God Solution. I hope you'll listen in again next week. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Oh, God,